Hello and welcome back to episode three of the Get Off My Backlog podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Adam. And I'm your other host, Ryan. It's spooky season, Adam. <laughs> Ooh, Are you excited? Are you a Halloween fan? Ah, I like dressing up. You do like dressing up, don't you? Mm. Do you like Halloween films or horror films or anything? No, I'm not a, I'm not a scary person. Mm. As in, I'm not very terrifying, nor am I into things that are scary. Yeah, both true. Um... I I went to watch the new Halloween film last night, as in like the the Halloween Ends film. You heard of it? I see. I've not heard of it. No. I was. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. It was. It was rubbish. Oh. <laughs> but I'm. I'm a big uh, horror movie fan. Are you? I've only watched yeah. like a couple in my life. I think. Well, I think you need. That's your homework for next week. Watch a couple of horror movies. Watch a couple of horror movies. I mean, it's spooky season, Adam. You. I mean, you have to at this point. I suppose so. I didn't do last week's homework, which was by an Udi. I mean, so. you, you never do any of the homework I set to you, so... <laughs> <laughs> Not even written a note for this episode. <laughs> but my, my oh, favourite, okay. absolute favourite, is Scream. So that's oh. your homework for next week. I've not heard of that either. Oh my god, Adam, you need to read up on your film history. <laughs> Ali- Alien is on the bucket list, which I believe is a... That's yeah, a scary film. Aliens, Aliens good. A- Aliens a bit more, I think, sci-fi than horror. I guess it is a bit scary. Okay. Pe- people would find it scary. I I don't as a horror aficionado. I see. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure other people do find it scary. Yeah, I've got a weak stomach, so, you know. Pe- people asking where what's behind you at a pantomime is a bit, you know, on the edge for me. I see. I, I believe in you, Adam. You can do it. You're a big boy now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It'll be good. <laughs> so this, Adam, is the first of three spooktacular specials. Gosh. Or as, okay. or as you called them, um, what did you call them? The, the Backlog uh, of Terror <laughs> specials. <laughs> that, that is a good name. I'm proud of that one. Yes. Um, and, you know, software engineering is scary sometimes, Adam, as, as yeah. you know. You know, we've mm. we've been scared a lot of times uh, <laughs> in our in our time. I of always say engineers. wear two pairs of underwear because you know the first yeah. one's going to leave. You never know when you're going to going to going to drop a table in production. <laughs> That's what they always yep. say, isn't it? But anyway, Adam, what is scarier than clients? Was my thought, and that's going to be the topic of our our first Halloween spooky episode. <laughs> you got some horror stories, do you, Ryan? I think I do. I mean, I it's a bit of clickbait really because I don't have that many bad experiences with clients, right? Okay. Uh, I, I've had one particularly bad one. <laughs> we if name you, no names. Yeah, if you're if you're a lawyer, um, none of these stories are true. <laughs> <laughs> Events are fictional. Yeah, whatever that, that disclaimer is. <laughs> um but yeah, I I haven't had that many bad experiences. But even with the best clients, there's there's little things right that I think I could talk about that were maybe little bad experiences because they just will happen, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, there's, there was only one that was particularly bad. So yeah, I've had less bad interactions, but I mean, I think let's also talk about the good things as well. You know? Yeah, we can you know we can speak a bit about what makes um, a bad client so that you can learn how to be a good client, right? <laughs> well, exactly, right. How you can be a better client, because and even for software engineers, because at some point we may be clients, right? And it's it's Certainly, probably yeah. probably quite likely that we'll be managing a product or um you know spinning off our own business venture or whatever at some point, where we'll be hiring developers. So it's a it's a it's a good thing to talk about, I think. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting. We've all had these kind of experiences, uh, yes. some more so than others, but yes, I think as well it's. Fun. It's easy to miss kind of uh, red flags, right, with clients when you right, when you yeah. when you're new to the industry, and like you're really mm. excited about working on a project. When um, there's money, when there's money involved, for maybe the first time, yeah. right? So hopefully we can help other software engineers a bit to handle these more problematic clients, maybe, <laughs> and to spot yeah. these red flags to decide whether you actually want to work for someone or not. I understand it's difficult when you just want that experience early on. But some clients mm. are mm, 
not very good. noble. <laughs> very noble of us. We're very noble people, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're out here helping the other software engineers. Doing the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work. Right, so right, I don't know where to get started, really. I don't know if I should just dive right into my worst experience ever. Well, I suppose, what was your what was your first um, your first big client project then? Mm. So, should we do chronological? Yeah, okay. So the first one I did was one of my better ones. Um, it was, I didn't really do much client work before university. And then I started to do some throughout university um, with yeah. like, connect- connections I'd made there. And one of the first ones I did, uh, that was maybe one of my favorite ones to work on because that client was so special <laughs> to me. <laughs> they were such a nice person, really, really pleasant to work with. Um, yeah. And they were, you know, they weren't at all knowledgeable about software, which is it's kind yes, of interesting yeah. when someone wants a website and they don't know anything about websites or web development. Um, I had a very similar first experience as well, actually. Mm. Yeah, but you know they were they were really happy to like work with limitations that I said like things weren't possible or would be really hard to implement and things. Um, yeah. So just a basic website they wanted. It was quite a basic web- website. It was um, kind of a map software type thing, right? I see. Yeah. And I I worked with them for money. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. It was that was my one of my first times working for someone for money like that um so it was very difficult because i didn't know how to price things you know i didn't know how much i was worth and i i probably went a bit low with my price in there right but i i went with that on a feature basis okay you charge by by feature yeah rather than like an hourly basis um and i kind of I don't I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is really. I think it can depend on the project because I'm going to speak about right, another okay. project further on now and I I think that was right to be hourly because it kind of went so beyond the scope of what was intended. Yeah, okay. Um but yeah, with with this first project anyway, I went with it for like a feature basis for the pricing. I think that can work well and I think that's also quite nice for the client. Yeah, I can see it working well for the client. I can see it maybe being difficult for you as the developer, kind of trying to estimate how long things are going to take. You're kind of promising deadlines as well a bit, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Which um, doesn't go well sometimes. I mean, they can see the cost of the feature up front then, right? And they can decide whether it's worth it or not. Um, and it's, yeah. it's obviously really hard to estimate when you're yeah. trying to work out how many hours a feature costs. You can kind of then multiply that hour by an hourly rate in your head to get that feature mm. rate. Yes. It was uh, infam- difficult. I- infamously bad, our developers are estimating time. Yes. So you should always overestimate, right? That's what they say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I did overestimate. So if I spent less on a feature, then, you know, it's a it's a win for me. And that's fine. Um, because the client, you know, I don't see that as being slimy or anything because the client was happy oh, you agreed the to price. pay yeah yeah the, ha- the client was happy to pay that price for that feature and they did um so i think it's okay if you underball it a bit underball is that a word i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's not the right phrase right <laughs> no no i don't know what you're you're merging two things together there and i can't think of the right words and underballing sounds a bit like uh another <laughs> type of podcast <laughs> a bowling anyway. one right yes of course yeah um so yeah and then there'd be other features where i did end up going a little bit over on what i estimated um but i didn't have problems where i was like massively over because i kind of scoped my features quite small basically to to the size of a user story right i i didn't didn't present them to the client's user stories because they'd have had no idea about agile user stories (laughs) right they just want like the name of a feature that they understand in plain English, um, but I kind of scoped them as that in my head. So how did they? How did these things come about? Did they ask for these features, or did you lay out possible features as a roadmap? I think they. I can't remember exactly now, but they said they wanted some features, um, and I came up with some as well that, that they liked, and then okay. they kind of just selected a few from those options, and then we just yeah. went with it. You know. I would complete a feature, send over the invoice to them, 
And they were excellent. I loved working with this person so much. Even though they had no idea about software, about websites and everything, they were such a good communicator. Um, In some ways, a benefit, I'd imagine, having no idea about this kind of stuff. They don't want to backseat mm-hmm. code, if you will. Maybe. There's pros and cons, I think, to both sides of that, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, they they were such a good communicator that the emails I'd get from them, I'd send them an email, I'd get a response within like an hour at the most. Um, yeah. which is like exactly what you want when you're working on software. They would pay my invoices instantly, like no qualms. And also they'd make me feel really nice about myself. <laughs> they, they'd they be so like appreciative, so thankful oh, nice. for the work I've done. They were really yeah. happy with my work. Um, and you know, that just makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside, doesn't it, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice. So yeah, that was my first experience working with a client. I was, you know, there was li- little things about it, but there's always going to be little things when you're working with clients, right? But on the whole, that client was probably my one of my favourite ones ever. I I just, in my head, I'm doing a private shout out to him because <laughs> he was such a good person and I hope he's doing well. <laughs> but we go downhill from here, are we? Mm. What's the next one? Well, what was what was your first one like? Well, my first one was quite similar. I, it wasn't uh, didn't have a financial aspect to it. It it promised to, but um, didn't end up going there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was similarly. Uh, Sony didn't have a lot of um, technical experience and just had a vague idea about the product they wanted in their head. So they so they outlined the basics of it and then just let you free do it, solve it how you wanted to. And they were yeah really happy with. Um, just a lot. They were very understanding of limitations. Um, I think the yeah the best part of it was just the freedom. I think I think that was quite important. Um, not having having a like, still having some kind of design idea in that you're not just you can't just leave and come up with something radical, um, but allowing you to solve that in a you know in your own way. I thought that was quite nice. Having freedom when you're developing software is so good and important i think for when you do when you're developing software for a client right because yeah they so often they can come to you with a kind of very solid idea in their head of what they want um and it kind yeah. of and can, it can make it difficult for the software engineer to implement exactly what you kind of request yeah they've dreamt something up and what might seem like a minor little detail can take ages to try and get right mm-hmm. yeah so having that freedom as a developer is important. And then, you know, you can always show them multiple options of things to see what they kind of like the most. You know, there's nothing to stop yeah. you from doing that. Yeah. Which is much better than them kind of having a solid idea in their head and you doing exactly what they say, right? It's it's nice to get a bit of, like, flexibility there with that. Yeah, I agree. And I think, yeah, even from a design point of view, just having having that, but having still having some idea, having a, a basis to work from, is important because um, otherwise you can spend too long umming and ahhing about you know, even vaguely where to go. But this it narrows you down, but leaves you a little freedom. I think there's there's a sweet spot, isn't there? Yeah, it's hard. Because it's hard to get right. It is <laughs> because you you. It's not like you want them to have planned out the entire system and everything that they want to go into it. But you also don't no. want them to be like not sure exactly what they want, and you having to try to pull out what they want. Even though you don't really know because you're not them. <laughs> yeah, hard. I think it might be if they define like the user experience. So, you know, going back to the the agile user stories side of things, if they said like, I want to be able to achieve these things as a user, I want the the it to look maybe like this or, or you know, be a clean design or be, be a one page or something like that. That still allows you to solve the problems you want, but gives you a destination to aim for. Yes, with that flexibility to how you solve that problem, right? Mm. That can yeah. that kind of leads us nicely on to... We did um, a project together, Adam. This is what you teased last episode, Ryan, I think, when you said you no longer wanted to work with me anymore. It was such oh, a teased, traumatic yes. experience. Well, I mean, I've had a, n- a number of traumatic experiences with you. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this was the first. This is our first big, big fight. <laughs> yes. Um... No, it it wasn't that bad, really. <laughs> there was... You no, know, it was enjoyable. I liked it. On the whole, it was enjoyable. Um, mm, something it, to learn from. Yeah, and I think I... It's it's quite vague to me now, but wasn't there then... I think about four to five weeks in, 
we had a an argument about something. I can't remember what now. Uh, I can't remember what either. Database based, I believe. Yeah, it, re- it was really silly. Like it was something like small <laughs> and pathetic. <laughs> but that 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 is the majority of our disagreements, right? Yeah, and we <laughs> feeling were... strongly about unreasonable things. It was a very heated argument. <laughs> But it's okay, because um, I feel like I can safely argue with you, and you'll still be yeah. friends with me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it was it was, it was was nice, because it was the first time we worked on something together properly, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was a long project. It was, what, eight weeks? Mm. Well, am I thinking correctly? Yeah, I think we did um, about six or seven weeks, and then we did an extra week, like, much later as well, didn't we, to, like, to tie up some loose ends. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so it was quite long-lasting. Yeah, it was it was an interesting project. That was, I mean, there was more of a um, design guide. There was the people that we were working with had a much stronger idea about what they wanted. Yes, which was interesting as comparatively to what we have just experienced uh, with looser clients. Yes, they had this idea for um, a website or app, right? And it was. We we were kind of having to pull out, I think, a lot of info from that because it the, the first time we heard about it, it was quite a complex idea, and we didn't really understand like what it was. Yeah, I think it was it was kind of a, a business pitch that we were given, really. Yes, uh, rather, rather than, than like a software type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, which we didn't. It, in the end, we didn't really. That was kind of abstract from us. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it was certainly, it was a big project, but we only did work on a little bit of it. Um, it's going on for a little while, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, the purpose of it was just to produce an MVP, right? So we didn't complete everything that they wanted in that time, um, but we did produce the MVP that I think could work for them to kind of experiment with it. Um, and I, you know, I think, I think that went well. Um, having to, yeah, as you say, pull out that info to kind of get the soft idea from this business pitch. What was initially quite complex for us ended up, it was just basically maths, right? We were just doing some maths. <laughs> it was just basically maths. I think the majority of the complexity came through the users. There were lots of different models of users and ways to interact with the, the website. Um, that was the main sticking point of complexity. Otherwise, it was just design and implementing some maths that actually someone else did i believe we, yeah. <laughs> we were waiting on someone else to do the maths we just did the programming of the maths <laughs> i think what was good about these clients were they stuck to the agile workflow quite well um there were, we did a lot of uh consultations with them we spoke to them an awful lot showing them demos keeping them in the loop uh with decisions which was quite nice i think that worked I think that worked quite well. I don't know what your opinion on that is. Yeah, I think we could have taken it probably even further. And they probably would have been happy to because they were so into Agile, right? And it was the first client mm. I'd worked with who was kind of really into Agile in that way, knew what user stories were. So that, that, yes. that in yeah, they itself, wrote... they wrote user stories, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, actually, I remember, I think we spent the first week actually just writing and defining a lot of user stories. Um, I would... Just remembering it now, I just can't, a part of me would, would like to go back and see how many of those we implemented. Mm. But we spent a lot of time working on just writing those out at the start, I think. They were really into writing user stories and they kind of worked with us to make them as well, I believe, right? Yeah, I think, think that might be right, yeah. Which, you know, being aware of user stories in of itself is hugely useful to a software developer. Because um, yeah. you, you, usually I feel like we don't work with clients who know these things because you know that's why they're hiring software developers they don't really understand software (laughs) but they they kind of basically took on that role of product owner then which was exactly nice to kind of really work in that agile way but i think yeah yeah, i think we could have taken it further because like you say we we definitely had some flaws with understanding the system and what they wanted so like you say we had a lot of types of users right and i think we did discuss this with them but i it took us a long time to drill down exactly what this meant, and it ended up becoming a bit of a mess on our part. Yeah, I think we didn't know to ask the questions at the start because we didn't really drill down into what 
what each of the user workflows was. And I think there may have been, at the end, we discovered there's a whole new class of user that we needed yeah. to implement. <laughs> and we did not design our models in a way that would allow that to be done easily. No. Um, um, that was, was quite interesting. I mean, it's certainly a learning. Yes. Yeah, so they, they they were a great client. They, we're, not, we're not really talking about bad things, really, I don't think, at this point, right? Um, okay. there was there was a little thing with them that I you know I I loved working with them they were great clients really mm. agile um I I wish we'd had like a bit more freedom with kind of the UI and how it looked and stuff because again it comes to this thing we were talking about earlier they had this really solid idea in their head not just of what the, how the system works but kind of how it looked and we mm. had to implement this kind of art style that they'd uh, interpreted of how they wanted this website to look um not to brag myself up but i'm quite good at web design and css right so it's it, yeah, yeah it yeah. could have been probably beneficial to them to leave that to to me because <laughs> i i don't and i don't know how we ended up this way but i was doing all the front end you were doing all the back end for this project yeah um yeah so yeah and then i had to follow these kind of the guidelines they'd had of exactly how this website should look and giving myself some freedom there to kind of, you know, work within my web design knowledge would have probably been really beneficial and useful to them, right? Rather it, than well, what we possibly, produced. <laughs> I mean, I think to maybe the average person, they might recognize what what was the end product is maybe looking a bit strange. Mm -hmm. uh, the clients themselves loved it, as far as I remember. They were very happy with what we ended up with. Yes. Um, so it's a difficult problem, isn't it? Because you kind of need to embody their end users but the end users are not the ones paying you because yeah, who are we really serving the users or the clients right yeah and yeah the clients were happy with it and i guess we we never actually told them you know we think it could look a bit better if it looked like this for example and um, we never said yeah. that to them we were just happy to accept that and, you know, this is a an earlier project we were working on maybe we weren't as confident as well right yeah we're, we're um, young and inexperienced yeah yeah so yeah that was that was a learning experience there but yeah on the whole they were excellent clients i was really happy to work with them um and especially like like i said that agile knowledge comes in so handy working on a project yeah and i think yeah it was just that they had an idea of it and they were really happy to have discussions about it talk about how things are going, what they thought about the progress, writing the user stories. There was a lot of uh, involvement from them. I don't think there was too much involvement because, again, that's probably a fine line. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that they were watching over us. No, no. Um, but they were always at the uh, at the end of the telephone. Um, and it was that was very useful. I think that's something that you can do well as a client. Yeah, there was still a lot of freedom there. Really good communication really respectful to us as like developers to kind of yeah. manage the project how we see fit and stuff they they were really good but yeah. unfortunately adam it's all going downhill from here <laughs> <laughs> to probably the worst experience in software engineering i've ever had <laughs> um no no names and yeah this uh this yeah this this was bad for me <laughs> um so it all started out right they approached me and i was working with um, some other people as well. And they wanted a product that already existed out in the world, right? But it was too expensive for them. Right, okay. And, you know, honestly, it wasn't actually that expensive. I mean, I know, you know, organizations have got their own budgets for whatever they can pay for, right? But, mm. um, but they were quite a big organization and they did not want to pay for the software that already existed. They wanted to make their own software instead. Okay. Right. That's kind yeah. of um, automatically a bit of a recipe for disaster. To And it was, th this software they wanted was big. It was nothing small. It was a really big system. So many components, uh, models involved, right? It, was, it would have been a really big system. Um, okay. And they decided rather than pay a monthly cost for, this service that already exists. They want to make their own software that is basically does it everything that the software already does. And that that wasn't a good time for you, right? That wasn't a good time for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, in, in what world is that ever going to be cheaper, right? You're going to have to pay for your hosting, your maintenance, your like, upkeep of things. It, you're, maybe it's a bit of a naive thing to think, but 
or just like unknowledgeable about, I guess, about software, but you're never going to make your own thing that's cheaper than a service that's already out there. <laughs> did you did you let them know what like estimated costs would be at the start of this project then? Yes, and you know, at that point, what they wanted was it was quite a smallish list, right? It, so it grew. It wasn't massive. It was right. a medium sized list, right, of of things they wanted, the shopping list as they called it. Um, okay. And yeah, you know, we were we were kind of working through the list, uh, me and the people I was working with. Um, on on top, you know, I I don't mind working on projects where I'm not passionate about them, but they were really yeah. kind of, it was just forms, saving things to the database, showing a graph, right? It was, it wasn't wasn't inspiring software to work on anyway. <laughs> um, so it was, you know, it was it was it was difficult. It was a difficult time. And as the weeks were going on, the communication was becoming worse and worse between us and the client. Um, That's a, so they're less available, were they, or less helpful? Yes. At the first few weeks, they were very available, right? And we were speaking uh, quite often about, about the project and how things should be and things. And then they became a bit busier right because right um they were coming we were coming out of the pandemic then so um things were picking up a bit more for them and they were becoming a bit less available and suddenly they would take um kind of weeks to reply to emails where we'd ask questions right. about you know would you prefer this to be like this or this um yeah and then we'd be waiting weeks to implement that feature waiting on a response um, with follow-ups as well. <laughs> um, so, you know... Yeah, you, I can see that being a problem. You don't want a feature lasting weeks just because you're waiting on a decision from the client, right? So... And was this... And they were also scope creeping you then? So there was more more to do? Yes. So that was... It was a strain having these long-lasting features anyway. And then we'd yeah. have our kind of meetings and they'd add on more things that they could improve on maybe or new features they'd come up with completely out of nowhere, right? Never been mentioned I before, see. new things would be brought in. Um, yeah. And you know, they had this, I think, idea in their head of they wanted to produce this super piece of software that could do everything that the paid alternative could do. Yeah. Like, the costs were becoming increasingly higher from what we'd estimated it would cost at the start, right? Um, and so you were charging hourly on this one? Luckily, we were working hourly not on a feature basis. Um, but yeah, because some features took massive amounts of time, um, you you know a bit about one of these features because I've talked to it about you before. But there was one yeah. feature which was a massive one, um, which I had to have your eyes on at some point. <laughs> um, because yeah, I remember. It was just like just that was a, like a big chunk of hours that I charged for on that massive feature on what you would think on the surface wasn't a big thing, right? So no. So did you give the like estimations before these things? Um, how did that work? How were they happy when you gave them this large bill? I think I think we they would say to us the features that they'd want, and mm. then we would talk about them afterwards, like as a team, and we'd email them with our hourly estimates of what they would be, and then they'd kind of sign it off and say yes, we're happy with these estimates. Um, but we, okay. you know, we did say that they were estimates and they might be lower or higher, and they often were different than what we said originally. Uh, but they were kind yeah. of seemed to be fine with it, right? It was never a big deal the estimates being off. Um, yeah. So that was that was a good thing about working with them. They were they were quite flexible with that with those estimates and stuff, right? Of not needing them to be exact and understanding that things can change, right? Um, there was never a problem with any payments or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> well, there was there was a lot of problems with payments. As as the weeks <laughs> went on, payments became later and later. Um, right. Compare this to my first client, right? I was telling you about. They would pay like within an hour. Yeah. Practically instantly, they would pay. Um, they were so yeah. grateful every time. This client would pay the invoice silently. Right. I'd get no email to say like thank you or anything. I don't need an email, by the way. I'm not like, you know, I need this uh, <laughs> kind of like acceptance from people. But it's, you know, the it kind of show, that kind of shows... Did you feel underappreciated? Yeah. And that, that shows an appreciation, right? Sh- sending mm. an email to your developer to say yes. thank you, right? Yeah. 
I know it's such a small and silly thing, but like it 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 does mean something, <laughs> and it, it did, makes did, you did feel they, good. In, when you showed off these features, did you wait? Did you have like a time when you showed off these features to them? Yeah, we'd we'd show off the features. They'd be quite happy with them, right? And they'd okay. So they, they would say something in the call about being a nice job or something like that. Yeah, but. They wouldn't take it as far as client number one, right? <laughs> they were you really. They've ruined it for you, client number one. Yeah, they they were too good. <laughs> um, and yeah, they they were kind of much more of a traditional organization. We were running yeah. things a lot more, maybe professionally than we were with other clients. Um, okay. And you know, I it's it's not like you need to be kind of all nice and friendly to do these things. It's just. You can be professional and still be like a nice, personable person, right? Um, yeah, sure. You don't have to kind of have that kind of stern, serious visage <laughs> with mm. with developers and client like relations. But that's kind of how it kind of was ending up. Um, but yeah, there was definitely problems with payments. Payments would take weeks, um, and there'd be no. There'd be no thank you or anything. Payment would silently yeah. be sent, and then it'd be like, "Oh, payment was received. Um, we can start on the next slot of work now." Because we we wouldn't start until we'd received payment. Um, right. Okay. And oh they, wait, you we wouldn't start you, the, the you, next piece of work. Sorry, I right see. for them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, there's probably things that we we learned that we could have implemented these payment things. We we didn't really have any formal agreements in place. Right. Yeah. Drag dragged on again. Did it. Yeah, and that, that probably would have been useful to, like, you know, specify payment schedules and stuff, right? And we were, we were just invoicing in a kind of a relaxed way. Um, <laughs> we were we were taking the project in quite a relaxed way. Did you feel that you couldn't say no to the request that they made, the feature request? Did you just say, yes, we'll do them to all of them? We were quite happy to accept them, right, because of the money okay. involved. Um, right. Because, you know, you... We were still quite new to doing paid client projects. Um, yeah. I was working with someone who was very excited about doing this. More excited probably than I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just kind of one thing was led to another. And then, you know, you're really involved and you kind of can't pull back as much then. Do you regret any of that? I mean, or do you stand by it? I, I don't know. It was definitely a learning experience, right? Um, but yeah, yeah it was, there was lots of issues the, I'm going on about the payments again, but I remember they said to me that um, the payments it would we would have the payment depending on um, who needed to be paid at that time, like if they had other like uh, suppliers to pay or whatever. Right. And I found that very strange to say, right? That's yeah, that's probably not uh... like you'll be able to pay me if you have the money, but <laughs> otherwise I might yeah, have that... to wait. <laughs> so th- there was no 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 like formal legal agreement or anything like this. No, and this is the thing we probably should have had one, um, mm. but I didn't. I don't want to be getting you know lawyers involved to drop contracts. I don't, and I don't also don't want to just find random ones off the internet. Um, and I don't. I don't but know much about might have been that. Better than nothing. I don't know much about that whole process on the legal side. You know. I've, no, I've never, no. I've never worked in a very legal way like that. I've just worked for someone. I think there's, and pro- there's probably something them. you could have done. Yeah, I, th- I think if you'd done work and then paid it for you, even if there wasn't a contract, you probably could have gone to someone about it. Yeah, because you know we we'd still done the work, right? So they were gonna, yeah. I guess, legally have to pay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we had a kind of no written agreement, so like how things would be dealt with. That was that definitely became a problem. Um, there was an issue that happened. We we this was about a six month project, right? It was quite long lasting. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But in in actuality, it wasn't a six month project. It was probably a six to eight week project, but it had been stretched right. because of the gaps in communication we were having. Yeah. So we'd wait a few weeks for a response to an email that would push the whole project back by weeks. Then, right? Because we were waiting on on a it on something from them um that we needed to continue working right it was <laughs> it was difficult what do you think were the list of things they did wrong then so poor communication late payments a lack of appreciation too <laughs> yes i mean i uh, i understand i can understand with some things right like the the bad communication i can definitely excuse right I mean, we were coming yeah. out of the pandemic they were getting much busier 
this was becoming okay. less of a priority to them, okay? Yeah. And I, I understand then that it's you, there's less communication involved. However, I think you do need to have some kind of dedication to the project while it's in development. Otherwise, bad things will happen, right? Uh, mm. as, as they did. And yeah, there was... I, I remember like in one of the later meetings we had with them, they they said that um, they wanted to wrap things up now because the project was becoming quite annoying for them. <laughs> oh, that's that that speaks to the not lack of appreciation. <laughs> well, you've you've been working six months on a project and then you hear them saying that it's annoying them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, in fairness, it was annoying us as well as developers. Um, However, it's not what you want to hear, right? It's <laughs> no. There was a there no. was a breakdown in communication that had happened at some point here, um, and that was kind of we did kind of wrap up the project for them there, and it was almost a year later. A whole year had passed, right. and I had an email from them. Oh, I see. Yeah, I had an email from them that um, there was an issue with the website that they needed to fix. Um, and they wanted me to fix it for free, right? Okay. So this was... I had a dilemma about this. So I, I think I, I could have maybe fixed it for free, right? But that could have been a slippery... How big was it? It was quite small. Um, but okay. it could have been a slippery slope of, you know, yeah. here's a load of other bugs that need fixing now. And I would have been spending a lot of time fixing all these bugs. Yeah. Especially as it, it has been a year, so I'd become really unfamiliar with the software and the project. Mm. Um, so that was it was kind of more difficult to jump straight back into it but also yeah they were expecting it for free um this was the first time they'd actually used the software wow okay <laughs> so it was about a, this is a year and a half in total later from when we'd started development that's quite funny and only <laughs> just started to use it and had told me something wasn't working um well that's that seems emblematic of a really big problem then. That's why they found it annoying. <laughs> it's because they never got any benefit of it. They never used it. It's because to... they didn't want it. <laughs> yeah, because it's a, it's, it's a bad idea because yeah. they should just use the paid software. Exactly. And maybe that was a learning experience for them as well, right? That <laughs> They should have just used the paid software rather than yeah. chucking money at this software solution. They was never going to be able to do everything the software that already exists does because, you know, they have a team of developers working on it regularly. You know, it's... Yeah. it's with that paid software, it's their job to maintain this software and work on it and add new features. Um, it's very different to what we were doing, which is kind of a one-off solution, send it off, and they were hoping it would work, what, forever for them, I think? It was yeah. It was maybe a, not a great idea from the get-go. Um, but it's it's not... Is it my job to say that? I don't know. Not really, right? It's my job to make the client know. the software they want. Well, it's I difficult. mean... Uh... You don't have to accept a job if you don't want to. So if you don't think it's a good idea, if you think it's going to be a bad experience, then don't do it. Yeah, I mean they would have asked. They would have asked someone else, right? If they didn't ask me. So yeah, I don't know. It was maybe I. I don't think I. I could have helped them by saying you should just pay for the subscription software. I don't think they would. The, you know, the reason they didn't want to is because that was expensive. Um, yes. I mean, I imagine you were more expensive. Whereas the, the project became more expensive and it turns out they didn't use it, right? So yes. it was kind of lost money there in that regard. Um, so yeah, the, the the bug fix that happened, it was... It, it wasn't... I can't remember the exact workings of the bug, but it wasn't really a, a bug of the software. It was kind of um, an issue that... We, we kind of weren't aware that it needed to work in this way. And it, okay. was, it was with the sign-up form right and we'd right. we'd well, use okay. we'd use the sign up form like so much because we'd use it as we signed up to like test users and stuff right we were using it all the time we'd never had mm. this issue that they had but they had like a specific format of something right a specific piece of the data um that we didn't know that their the format of their data was like this and therefore when they entered it they ha- were having errors on the sign up page right um, yes. So I, we just weren't aware that this was what was needed. And, you know, to reiterate, it had been a year and a half. There was lots of time for, for them to look at this sign-up page and to sign up mm. once. It was yeah. it was live to, like, look at from quite early on because I, I, I like doing that with projects. Yeah, no, that works. Yeah. And, you know, they'd signed off on the sign-up uh, feature long ago, right? Mm. And then suddenly they wanted me to fix this for free. 
Um, and I, yeah, I did. So they hadn't really looked at it. Yeah, they had. They hadn't looked at it in a year and a half. And I, I had a dilemma yeah. about it because I kind of felt like I could fix it for free. You know, it maybe keeps up my reputation as a software engineer. As doing things for free, what kind of reputation? <laughs> well, you know, I fixing a bug that was potentially my fault, right? It, I don't think it was really, but you know. Well, I mean, all bugs are the developer's fault, right? Uh, yes, and you, but... I, I guess you can't really actually fix bugs for free because then you would probably just yeah. be working for free. <laughs> that that is, yeah. And you know, I did, I did say this to them, um, and they cited trading standards that uh, <laughs> I'd I'd sold them this software, you know, that it was working and it it isn't working. When you're always going to have mm. bugs in software. And I don't know if you'd sold them the software. You had just sold them your time. I'd sold them if my you, time. I didn't sell them a product, product that right? you were having. Yeah. Exactly as you I say. Think, I mean, I'm no lawyer, but I, <laughs> I would find issue with that. Yeah. And again, if a lawyer is listening, this story is not real. <laughs> this is a fake if, story. Yeah, if, if, an em- <laughs> if an employer said to you, you know, this this feature that you've written doesn't work as per trading standards. <laughs> it should work. That That's ridiculous. No, I'm just, you know, I'm spending my time on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I was, well, once they brought up the trading standards card, I thought, well, I'm going hard here too then. And I'm saying, no, you're going to have to pay for it. Uh, then, then, then my footing became quite solid of, you know, I'm not moving here now because... Now I've been yeah. become annoyed by this, <laughs> <laughs> and it. I definitely think it could have become you know a slippery slope of numerous bugs getting yeah. chucked to me to yeah. work on for free. Um, so forever as well, it could never end. It could literally never end if I started doing it for free, right? So yeah. I and it, it was a year later. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and a few weeks went by, and then they agreed to pay for the bug fix. I fixed the bug. Um, it didn't take me very long to do. I think it was like an hour or two to do. Um, I yeah. sent off my invoice. Um, you know, all happy and professional as I normally am. I didn't receive payment then for that bug fix until about six, seven, maybe eight months later. <laughs> eight months? I Christ. I'd... I mean, that, that you could take to like small claims court for. It... <laughs> I'd, I'd written it off, right? As like, I'm never going to get this money. I don't care. Because I don't really enjoy working with these clients, I don't enjoy the product. Wow. Um, so yeah, I that, that's that's not a good place to be. I'd written it off as like I fixed the bug. It's out of my court now. I'm not the bad person here, right? Well, you're certainly never going to work with them again. <laughs> yes. Um. And yeah. So they they paid me all those months later, just like silently again, right? I just unexpectedly one day I looked at my bank account and I was like, oh, I've got a payment from them. <laughs> okay. They finally paid that invoice that I sent off. I just didn't expect it. I guess I'm grateful that they did pay it in the end. And I, yeah. I haven't heard from them since. That's the, that was the last I'd heard from them. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was, that, that's definitely the, that's the horror story there. <laughs> that's the client horror story. It's bad, right, Adam? I, it's really bad. Yeah, that, that last bit is really bad. Mm-hmm. But I, I've had a thought, won't you, what were you saying before about can anything be done about this? And I think this speaks to I. You could be better about not giving a solution as the client. Don't give the developer a solution, but give them your problem. Mm-hmm. So there could have been much better ways for them to solve that problem, rather than thinking I need this. Uh, they they could think, well, I have this problem. How's the best to solve it? Um, and then as a developer, you could look at it or. I mean, even it's just like as a thought exercise for them, they could look at it and think, well, you know, is this the best option? Is this the best option? Rather than you kind of pigeonhole yourself, I think, with an idea like that. Yes. So maybe if they'd said, I want this, you would have developed some features, probably maybe some not. I mean, the feature I worked on, probably less important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one because, you know, we can only control ourselves right as developers we can't control the clients um yeah so you you will occasionally work with bad clients in your life as a developer but you can only control your own actions and i i do you know i introspectively look at myself and think Mm. how could i have changed how that project went how could i have improved how things went right do you regret it um regret taking on the project yeah um probably yes um because do you Ultimately, I think it wasn't worth it, right? Mm. It was a, a year and a half of like 
unease I had on <laughs> this project. <laughs> um, and I, I would have rather just not done the project, really. The the amounts of money we were talking is wasn't massive. The experience yeah. learned was was I guess good, but it was very negative experience, right? Um, so yeah, I I do kind of regret the project. I regret how I how things went, how I could have handled certain things. Yeah, like you know the communication issues. We probably as a team could have addressed that with the client in like a better way kept up with regular meetings, um, you know, trying to get that communication on a solid, regular footing rather than letting it slide as we did. I don't know. There's there's probably things that we could have controlled better, right, to have kept up the communication, kept up quick responses to emails and better alignment of ideas between parties, right? So... Do you think if you had more, uh, like, self-confidence and self-belief in your own value, in a way, it would have been better you, you'd have said oh, i'm not gonna work on this if you're not gonna keep talking to me yeah potentially we did undervalue ourselves in that way right we were kind of just i guess in it for the money it, it was very much a part-time thing for us um and yeah. We, yeah we probably could have just said you know what it's not really worth it i did feel and i guess you do get this feeling with clients when you kind of end up feeling maybe a bit trapped with them because you yeah. started a project with them and then you, you've agreed on something and then you have to, yeah. You feel like you have to take it through to completion, right? And we did have that kind of mindset of we need to finish the project. However, perhaps it would have been best to not and to let them well, take it elsewhere. Well, it's because the project you agreed to was not the project you finished. Yeah, the scope became much bigger than what we'd initially agreed to. Yeah. Like so, I said, I mean, in some ways, it's probably within your right to say, look, yeah, this is ridiculous. I agreed to one thing. This is not, you know, that. They had that shopping list, as I said, right? And it did grow and grow mm. each time that we had a meeting because what they wanted was such a large piece of software that was not really compatible with our team of developers. <laughs> um, they should have yeah. just used like the existing software that exists out there, right? It can do everything that they want. And yeah. Ultimately, we were probably more expensive than that software. Um, but lessons were definitely learned, right, both sides. Even with my regrets for the project, I learned things during that project that were useful to me, learned a lot about clients yeah. and bad clients. I've got this story to tell in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's pros that come out of it. There's pros that come out of all bad things in life, I think, not, yeah. not just well, software. Good. But yeah. yeah, it's always good to learn from the failure. I mean, that's the best part of it. Yeah. There's, there was one other client I wanted to talk about. I have got no idea yeah. how long we've been going here, but I'm going to keep going. Oh, because I've, yeah. I've got things to say. <laughs> but we, we it, this was another project we worked on together, actually. An Adam and Ryan special. Yes. Yeah. Where things, again, did not go nicely for us at times. <laughs> Arguments were well, had. We, yes, it's, it's disagreements. But again, I can't quite remember their uh, purpose. I oh, don't I think can. they were big things. Well, really? What were they? You were telling me all the time. Well, you should have checked that in the, oh, in the right, review, yeah. Ryan. Every every bloody pull request that I I reviewed, and then like oh. a, a few weeks later, they'd been issuing it. Well, Ryan, you should have spotted this in the review. <laughs> Ryan, you should have spotted this in the review with these like merge requests that were like forty files had been changed. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, I was a bit mean there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, mm. you were you were doing my head in, Adam, and it was. <laughs> We were snowballing and we were becoming annoyed with each other about about yeah. insane yeah, things. Yeah, uh, we, had, we had good times though. There was a lot of design discussions. I remember spending, I think, an hour or two going back and forth on just the kerning between letters on like a particular feature. On as software engineers, we had a good time, right? We did we as we worked through the project really well. In like, you know, good agile way, you had a nice... T- yeah, should we should we talk about the project? Sorry, we're skipping ahead. Right, okay. So yeah, we, yeah, it yeah. Was, well, we won't talk about it, but we'll talk about how, how we kind of ran it. It was interesting because we've never run a project like this before. How so? Well, we, we had kind of an initial week where we were just kind of planning. Re- yeah, we had a really, really intense planning. We had yeah. mind maps of like all possible solutions... And we were really taking it back to the client's problems. We weren't developing features. We weren't thinking think about features what... and implementations, right? 
that's because of what the clients were talking about. So what makes these clients different from everyone else is unlike previous um, clients, they had much more open goals and ideas. It, there wasn't even... So previously, there, there was make a website to achieve this. I don't care how you do it. It was now, I want this to be better. Mm-hmm. How it's better and how that's solved, I have maybe a couple ideas about, but it's up to you to implement those and solve that. So it was much more abstract of a problem, and it gave us lots and lots of freedom, possibly too much freedom. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, we did. We started this first week uh, with a, a big whiteboarding session. There, It was a call we were on for a couple of hours, I believe. It was a team of four of us, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. Uh, yeah, and we just we put a whiteboard on a Teams meeting, and we just started drawing what we thought were ideas, how how what the problems were, possible ways of solving them. So I I mean I quite liked that in the first week. I don't know what you thought of that. Yes, and I mean so this was a university project, right? Which I think allowed it some more flexibility with us being able to be a bit more relaxed about these things, being able to yeah. spend the time on not developing features, right? Because I think <laughs> clients can be very, you need to spend your time on features. Any other time is wasted. Uh, that's what you know, a bad client would think. <laughs> a good client yeah, would see this, the value. This client was, yeah, this this client, actually the value to this client was really just this, the, the, the whiteboarding, the ideas. They had, they didn't have solutions to their problems. Yes. So uh, this is, you know, quite Yes, because generally the client will have solutions in their head, right? But this client approaches with a problem and we were then to solve the problem however best we we saw fit. It was very open-ended. We yeah. had a lot of flexibility with it to kind of take it whatever we, we wanted to. And yeah, that allowed us a lot of freedom as developers then to come up with a huge variety of solutions to the problem. And then we presented them to the client to see which they liked best, right? It was good. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think... After that, after that whiteboarding session, we drew up some some wireframes, some models, ideas of how, how it would be. Yeah, and um, yeah, we just we showed them to the client. We kind of ordered them in a what we think is going to work, what the client likes the most, and I think from that we just went to work. We started on it. Yeah, I've I've never wireframed up features like that before. It was it was kind of interesting because we were almost doing a mix of waterfall and agile in one. Were we? Because, in what way? Because we, we weren't, you know, picking up a user story, maybe wireframing it and then working on the feature and then showing the client. We weren't doing that. We were being a bit waterfall with it in that we were kind of going through the design phases, right? And we were kind of going through each phase with the client of here's our designs, here's our wireframes, here's the implementations for the ones you liked. We were kind of going through it in a Bit of a methodical I, no, waterfall way. I, I disagree. Way. I think that's a very agile way of doing it. Doing it, it without that, doing it, we're coming up with an idea, designing, implementing, and then showing it to the client is very waterfall. Mm-hmm. I think what we were doing was having ideas, getting the clients. It's always involving the client in, in the decision making. We, we had the ideas first. What do you think? Rather than us starting work on them. Yes, it was that. What What do the client think of the ideas? That's yeah. what I, I think. That's why I think it was that hybrid approach because it was a normal agile, Adam. You can't say it was. I don't. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I don't see the waterfall in it, Ryan. I think I because I we there. we had these phases we were going through. We we, we it I was see. a few weeks before we even started to work on development because we were firstly we were just solving the problem. Then we were working on wireframes and the designs and stuff. We were we were taking it step by step. Yeah. Obviously, it was a possibly. hybrid because the client was involved along the way, but it wasn't full agile where we were, you know, here's a your story, pick it up, wireframe it, sh- implement it, show the client. We weren't doing that completely. I mean, I, but I think that's that's inherent in agile and the first few weeks are always going to be developing the stories. You, you don't have stories from the get-go unless, unless you're working with a client that produces those stories for themselves. You've still got to make them. Possibly. Maybe I've just, I've never worked in a good agile way. I, I, I was feeling obsessed, right? I was feeling the waterfall vibes, Adam. It was there was a bit of waterfall in there. For for from my recollection, it, a lot of the the ways we worked, I I kind of spearheaded, and I will not be told that I worked in a waterfall like way. <laughs> Hybrid, no, no, no. 
No, but you know, this is this is disagreements. Uh, <laughs> what are the what is waterfall requirements? The design stage, implementation, verification, maintenance, right? Require if 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 the client set out a document of like what they required, and then we went away and did them, that would be a, a waterfall method. The fact that we did them in an order of you design them first and then you develop them is just is just the nature of how things work. You can't do it the other way around. Hybrid though, no. <laughs> You know, the requirement stage is when we were we were working out the requirements for the client with how we would solve the problem, right? Mm. The design stage, we were wireframing them up. Implementation, we were actually developing the feature. Verification, we were meeting with the client to see if they liked it or not. <laughs> Maintenance. I think, yeah, I think you, you, you're, forcing, you're forcing a round peg into a square hole here, right? Maybe I am. But I, I'm convinced it was hybrid. That wasn't full agile. You can't tell me that was full agile. Up to the listeners, I suppose. But. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's full agile? Let us know on Twitter at Get Off My Backlog. <laughs> yes. But uh, and our new website, getoffmybacklog.com. Yes. Well, you can't you can't let us know anything on there, but you can go visit no, it. No, you can visit it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, um, we're also on LinkedIn and TikTok if you're interested. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, right. What we were saying, I want to move on about this argument about Agile versus yeah, Waterfall. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think, yeah, so as we say, we worked on the, the design front of it, at always talking to the client, uh, because they didn't have an idea really of what they wanted. No, um, that's right. And I think that was, it was quite good uh, in the sense that it allowed us a lot of freedom. There was uh, really nothing that we had off limits. Uh, so we tried AI solutions. Uh, we tried back-end, front-end solutions. We tried an awful lot of different ways of solving things. Um, also, the project wasn't actually a standalone. It wasn't even an MVP. Well, I suppose it, it was an MVP of features, uh, but it wasn't a standalone product, really. So we had to kind of bootstrap these features around. So we designed a website uh, and things like that. Uh, which weren't required for the project, but um, were required just to show it off. Yeah, I've I've never worked on a project like that before, and it was so interesting to work on. Really exciting, actually, because we were kind of just developing loads of really experimental features that you you don't normally get to experiment all that much working with clients. You know, you, you're kind of trying to save them time by producing the most effective solution as quickly as possible. Um, and we yeah, it's an intro. I didn't yeah, I don't think it would happen. It's difficult to see how it'd happen in other circumstances because what you'd imagine is you'd usually just be given access to the existing code base to to work on it because they so this this client had um, they have a product that they've released and they're working on um, and there was just a couple of features that they wanted they knew they had problems with they didn't quite have solutions to so that's what we were working on um, but that's I think that's very unique that a client would come to you and get you to solve those without accessing their current infrastructure yes i think it, it is it is unique maybe even to like the even the university sphere right or that kind of experimental mm. um development kind of environments um yeah I, yeah I don't think you'd see that much out in the wild i think you probably would see it in industry as an employee potentially to experiment within with teams. features yeah, yeah possibly um but yeah. yeah it was it was very kind of unique what we were doing and it was really good to work on the client themselves um excellent client and they were unique to me because they were very aware of like the technical aspects of things and we could talk about things in quite a fine-grained detail which was yeah because that's what they were interested in as well because this this was they were basically developers right yeah they were they they were the development team from this company Mm -hmm. uh so they yeah they and they wanted to know how it was implemented because that, that's what they would be doing yeah um so yeah it, it was a very unique scenario where we'd have quite in-depth conversations yeah uh, about how things were done and they were quite interested in it it was it was more just just a bunch of software engineers having a chat about ai <laughs> it was really good I, yeah it was really good to work on and yet having that technical knowledge you know even if you're just a client i think you can work yourself towards being more aware of these things if possible, because it's a huge help uh, to your developers to have that kind of knowledge to be able to understand things a bit more. Yeah, it's 
it's difficult because you don't want you don't want someone with more opinions on how it works trying to drive how it's how it's being developed yes having comments on what your 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 design strategy is uh while you know it's good to get advice from the outside you don't want to be driven by somebody else and kind of feel like a you know yeah i mean we probably had the best of both worlds with it i mean you were we were very lucky with with how it all worked out yeah it definitely was unique in how it was run you know you you, you, it's very rare you're going to be having client meetings with developers basically who understand all the technical technical aspects of something right but it it's super useful it was super useful to have um and you know we like i said earlier we might be clients in the future it's very likely as software engineers that we will become at least uh, product owners or move up to like a kind of more managementy role in technology as well so we yeah. likely will be clients at some point in our lives right so it's it's good to have that kind of technical knowledge i think so you can kind of relate to what the developers talking about and they were very nice people as well which it means yeah. i think so much this isn't just in software engineering just any industry it's it's just <laughs> so nice to talk to nice people when you're working yeah. right when not not just like for friendship purposes <laughs> Whenever you work with anyone and it's like nice people that you get along with and they're friendly, it just makes everything so much more pleasant for everyone. Very appreciative of of what we were doing. Although a slight caveat to that is uh, the product, the the website that we made was actually never used. Yeah, well, that's by anyone. That's fine. I mean, it was an experiment for them. They just wanted to learn how to yeah. do things, right? And they did. There was a success yeah. in that way because yeah, they, and they certainly implemented some of the features. Yeah, they they learned from our prototypes of all these different features which one they actually wanted and then yeah i don't know did they look at the code maybe i assume so uh i i think um yeah so i think to some extent we're still in contact and i believe some of their developers looked at what we made and um i think that they've implemented some of what we worked on so yeah so that's quite yeah that's quite nice so then in conclusion ryan what are your top tips for being a good client Ooh. what has gone well so for me, my favorite clients are the ones who are really nice and friendly to me. <laughs> I understand that. It maybe sounds quite silly, but I think it's like so important to work with clients that you like and get along with. Um, yeah, I mean, we're all emotional creatures. We're all human. Uh, we like to be told nice things, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's nice to work with nice people. It makes, you know, development a much happier time. It makes you happier to work on this product for your clients. Um, so yeah. I think, yeah, if you're... You know, you're not really vibing with your clients. Maybe you don't want to work for them. Uh, I'd say that's a bit of a red flag. Another red flag yeah, I've got in sense. there is... Oh, wait. Were we doing green flags or red flags? I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I was, I was doing top tips, but you, you can do top tips for not what to do, I suppose. I guess we can do all colour flags. Um, <laughs> so I, a red flag I've got is late payments. That's, yes, that was quite traumatic for that's you. A, that's a sign you don't want to work with this person. Um, and you should consider maybe even just stopping the work <laughs> when it gets to a point where payments are late. Yeah. Or communication that's, that's breaks When down. you're waiting eight months. There's... Yeah, yeah. So I think my green flag, my green flag top tip would be uh, the freedom. Yes. Not controlling someone too much. Uh, still having a destination to go to. Um, having an idea in your head of what you want to pr- produce. Mm-hmm. Um, but the destination, the route of how to get that to that destination, uh, the how it, the problems are solved, is what you should keep open. Yes. Because I think that's what developers are great at. You could say a red flag is that they've got like this kind of fine-grained detail of how they want the system to be, right? Yeah. Whereas actually it's much more helpful to be a lot more open about things rather than being, I need this specific you know, piece of software that looks exactly like this. Now make it. Having that freedom can yeah. help you as the client to learn a lot of things that you didn't know as well. You know, the client doesn't know exactly what they want in reality. They don't know. And that's yeah, the and point that's... of software engineering is to work it out. Yeah, that, that, is, that is the job of a good software engineer is to find the problems and help solutions. Yes. Help find solutions. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So are you are you feeling spooked after that, Adam? Well, it was pretty scary, Ryan. <laughs> I hope to get paid. <laughs> Within eight months, I know. Uh, but Imagine yes. that. But yeah, <laughs> those those were our client horror stories. Where only one was really a horror story. But 
you know, that's that's clickbait. That's the internet for you these days, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to come back next week with another spooky special, I believe. Another spooky special. This is the first of three, and we hope you join us for the next one. Insert scary music here. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got scary music. It's just the normal outro. No, normal outro music. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>